0: good morning everyone today I'm with my co-founder Min Tran and we are going to talk about the world of VCs so hi Min thank you very much for giving me your time today
1: hello Sabine very good to be here (laughs)
0: And uh, I think it's important to, to say that we know each other for a long time, at least three to four years before, you know, we decided to, to work together, isn't it?
1: Yes, I uh, came to across your path when I was at AXA and uh, probably uh, almost 10 years now. Uh, so, yeah, good to, good to go to together finally
0: yes so tell us man a little bit more about you I would love our I would love for you to share with our listener a little bit more about who you are what you love and what you do every day
1: so I'm I'm uh, 52 and I've been uh, in corporate venture for 30 years uh, in three different waves first wave was just uh, working for you know a corporate uh uh, that wanted to do joint venture. Second wave, I worked for uh, Media Corporate Venture in Bertelsmann when it was doing uh, Audible and um, Napster. Um, and also for Nokia Venture um, when they invested in PayPal. Uh, that's my second wave. And the third wave, about 10 years ago, I decided to focus on financial services. I uh, worked for... Um, uh, a, a VC firm called uh, Truffaut Capital, and then I started to uh, launch uh, my own firm uh, uh, on, uh, on the concept of uh, VC as a service, or CVC as a service, and I created um, uh, back in 2012 uh, AXA Venture, or AXA Seed Factory, that was um, the, um, the first intro tech fund uh, in France or in Europe uh, uh, 10 years ago.
0: Congratulations, you have been very early on the path of uh, corporate venturing. So tell us a little bit more about Mandalore Partners. So we work together at Alchemy Crew, where you support me with my ventures and uh, enabling our corporates to better understand how to excel with growth ventures. But how does Mandalore Partners fit in the equation?
1: So the name came from a uh, planet of star Wars because um uh i wanted to look forward uh more in the future of our uh, things and i found out that um it was a good name to have because uh you know there was uh, a lot of uh of stuff about uh, modernity, globality, uh, uh, tech and uh and of course uh, uh you you may know the, the mandalorian which uh Uh, Star Wars series and and so I thought it was a good name to have Um, and uh, most of the corporates we work with are looking into those themes you know how can I innovate in the future uh, not internally but externally that's uh, the reason why uh, we came into uh, uh, the creation of Mandela Partners.
0: And one of your key themes mean is about the risking innovation with strategic investment. Can you give us a little bit more insight around what that means?
1: So uh, when, when you are a corporate venture, uh, you have today uh, two models, right? One is uh, to invest in VC outside, which most, and, and that's not really corporate venture, but uh, you have that option. And the second option is to create your own team internally. For many reasons, uh, the model of creating an internal team uh, with a uh, corporate venture doesn't work in the long run. In the history of corporate venture, it doesn't work af- after a while. and We can go deeper in that kind of subject, but um, so um, so I I started to, from my experience uh, in corporate venture, I started to come with a third model, which is how to actually externalize corporate venture for sourcing, for capacity to reach out to startups uh, with uh, both a financial interest, but also uh, a corporate alignment um, or a strategic alignment with corporates.
0: So let's go deeper with this model, which you call VC as a service, to explain to our viewers and listeners what this means. And also, it would be great if you could help us understand why externalizing corporate venturing is important.
1: So if, if you go deeper uh, to, the, to the model of corporate pictures, there's um, basically if, if, if you want to have an overview of uh, different models, you have uh, four models in this world uh, in the two by two matrix. The first uh, uh, axis is uh, if you have a, a single corporate or you have a multi-corporate, you know, one or many, and the second axis of, uh, it's, uh, is you have an internal team or an external team. So let's take, uh, for example, uh, um, I don't know, uh, you know, Total Venture uh, from the oil and gas industry. They have a one LP and have an internal team. So the team focus on corporate strategy and alignment and so on. So that's the model where I think it doesn't work in the long run. Um, you have the second model to have a, a one LP uh, but external team, uh, you have, for example, um, uh, Nokia Venture, it's one LP, the team is actually ex- external, uh, structures an LP, I think uh, AXA as well is one LP and the team is uh, in the management company, uh, and you have um, multiple uh, LP uh, in internal team, which does not exist uh, or doesn't work because it's hard to work with different, but they have a few people, but the model that I'm trying to have is the external team uh, we multiple LP, and that's why uh, we want to reach that. And um, in that, w- in this world, you have Touchdown Venture, who's doing that, uh, uh, Redstone as well in Berlin. And this model seems to be uh, uh, a new model when you want to externalize a corporate venture. And you want to do that? Why? Because when you are a corporate venture, is very easy or difficult to attract deals. So it's easy to attract deals because they are linked to your corporate, but it's difficult to make deals because sometimes um, the best uh, growth venture in the world will go to top tier VCs like Sequoia and so on, or uh, second tier. Uh, and then the third tier usually are corporate venture. They, they think it's uh, they don't care about financial returns, which is not true, but they have this perception and they think that they um, they, they just do for corporate reasons and strategic reasons. but. So there's a somehow bad reputation of uh, having a corporate venture with the same name as your corporate, and um, and and today a lot of corporate venture are thinking uh, there have maybe a better way to attract best startups by externalizing, maybe by having a different name, sometimes sometimes the same name, so that you can reach out to a better startup and have a better discussion by just being a corporate, you know, for being slow or not responsive, or attracting only startups that are around your main core business. Um, for example, uh, Bertelsmann Venture wanted to invest on, on, in telecom, but because it's called Bertelsmann Venture, media venture, they only attract media venture, and they, they say, you know, we don't want to do a media venture, we want to do you know, telecom, because telecom is the next path or the next growth innovation area for uh, media business, and therefore we want to attract telecom uh, startups. And obviously, if you are called Bertelsmann, uh, you attract uh, only a uh, media business. And it's like Nokia for telecom, AXA for insurance, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So I guess uh, externalizing the model allow companies which are strong in specific industry to diversify portfolio and therefore mitigate long-term risk. I guess, you know, diversified portfolio is what we are all after. And so your model, of corporate venturing is not only about the risking, but also allowing new models to enter the market. Am I right?
1: Yes, you, you can enter the market for your core industry, but you can also reach out to new industry that can impact your industry, right? So if you're a retailer, so we discussed with a Spanish-Portuguese uh, uh, corporate venture called uh, Sonae IM from Sonae Group. Uh, it's a 400 million fund. Uh, are investing in uh, retail and uh, infrastructure, but as a core business. But of course, um, fintech, for example, could disrupt uh, retail. And of course, they want to be uh, more exposed to uh, financial services. And it's very hard to attract fintech uh, startups when uh, you name, you know, resonate with uh, retail.
0: Fascinating. So as part of your business model, mean you actually use four keywords source invest develop and exit can you tell us what that means and how you're actually using those three those four different paths to deliver value for your lps
1: yes so uh the, the the framework I have is called SIDE. So source, invest, develop, exit. So source is basically your ability to source better than a corporate. So a corporate with source with people going to conference and so on. We use uh, a stronger source mechanism by combining uh, public data like Crunchbase with uh, private data, so corporate uh, assignments to crawl uh, some data and come out with a list of uh, startups. So it's like uh, AI uh, AI sourcing, if you want, and uh, so that we can combine um, the, the need for private information from corporates with public information that we can call from Crunchbase. So here uh, we will do anyway much better than just a simple analyst in the corporate world. So that's step one. Step two, we, we invest like a VC. So there they are no difference by, by just you know, uh, analyzing it better. And sometimes for corporates, we have an edge because we can uh, we can see the possibility for the startup to generate value versus corporate alignment, you know, so we have more VC view for corporates. And if we co-invest with VC, we can have a better corporate view for VC because we can tell the VCs, you know, if you align with this particular corporate, you will have a better uh, return of investment because uh, there's a lot of things that the corporate can do like distribution, reinsurance sometimes, uh, or just being a client, right? So so, so that's why we, we do. We developed, uh, basically, uh, portfolio management like any other VC, except that I do things more uh, hands-on than VCs. I develop build-up, uh, M&A. Um, sometimes I create funds or reinsurance captive for insurtech startups, things that uh, a VC will not do because it will be stuck in investing in equity, while I can invest in the startups uh, and also create uh, alternative funds, right? So I can invest in a insurtech uh, or, or can invest in a FinTech, for example, that can do loans to enterprise. And I can at uh, the same time create a debt fund that can deploy on the platforms. And usually a VC will not go to uh, develop a debt fund. And obviously exit because uh, for cooperation is basically uh, uh, an M&A action um but i use vc and i actually uh use vc techniques to actually exit at some point uh with or without the corporate right um uh, in in that way so i uh, i usually uh try to return the capital and therefore um use uh you know ipo trade sale and so on uh build up to to exit which is sometimes not uh, the main priority for corporate when um Uh, um, they invest in the startups.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to also highlight why our models becomes really strong together. Because when you look at corporate venturing and sometimes corporate venturing is getting a bad reputation because corporations which are entering the funding journey have to become closer to a VC mindset and it doesn't happen overnight. And they also need to make sure that they recruit externally entrepreneurs, financiers, uh, industry expert to start building a portfolio, which is going to yield return for their, uh, their shoulders, which is often the, the HQ. But where our model becomes really, really symbiotic is uh, when you look at strategic return, I do a lot of the upfront work, and we get a lot of the big themes and big problems from the insurance companies we're working with, which allows us to source amazing companies, to solve for those problems, identify growth opportunities for partnership and investment. And that's where you come in, where you can actually help our partners to do investment better, to use expertise, and then develop the right framework to. Hopefully, exit financially in the future.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, my model doesn't uh, um, doesn't cover the the problem solving from uh, from insurance, for example. So I don't spend time to discuss about what is the next real innovation? innovation, do you invest, what kind of growth should you think about. So the framework of academy, which is you know uh, uh, tech plus uh, unfair advantage. It, uh, towards a uh, growth venture. Um, I have the tech, uh, but I don't necessarily know the unfair advantage uh, and I don't necessarily know when is the, the growth venture. So when the growth venture is, is clearly identified, then that's fine because uh, that's great because I can actually apply my model, you know, source, invest, develop, exit uh, in a, in a most faster way.
0: So when you look at your tech, because you use a lot of tech as well, and how uh, you build your growth portfolio, Min, how do you select the themes? Because I'm sure your, um, you know, your partners, for those you are investing for, share with you problem statements. So it would be great if you could actually share some of those with us and where you see disruption coming as you talk to your LPs.
1: Um... So back in two thousand and eight I, I worked in fintech after the crisis and uh, and usually um the the insurance business come you know have a, have a cycle of, of five years behind uh, banks so naturally back in two thousand and twelve, I worked in the insure tech uh, but the um the tech uh, so the insurance people have uh, um, a lot of assets to invest. And naturally, um, from insure tech, uh, I moved to asset management tech, which has ways to better uh, collect or, or invest uh, and so on. And within um, asset management, there are different uh, asset classes. Uh, one of the biggest is real estate. And naturally, uh, five years later, uh, back in 2018, I look at prop tech, so technology that invest uh, property management or real estate, so real tech or prop tech. And nowadays, uh, uh, Tech, prop tech, Asset Management Tech. We, we discuss a lot about uh, wealth tech or saving tech, wh- wh- whatever you, you want to name it, uh, because uh, people with COVID have uh, uh, some saving. Um, they want to deploy, access new uh, asset classes uh, with impact. Um, and so therefore, there's a new uh, emerging theme around uh, asset management and wealth tech combined. Um, that could be named investech uh, and, and so investech it's one of my theme um, for example in investech you have uh, uh, as a subcategory uh, decentralized finance so basically how to use blockchain to uh, cut uh, the middleman uh, in all kind of business especially marketplaces
0: so one thing you're actually highlighting is there's a lot of blurred lines. Even when we look at insurance tech or tech for insurers or insurance the insurance market, what we find is there is always a bit of a blurred line between fintech, whilst tech. And insure tech and then when we actually because insurance touches everything you know a lot of our work will include you know looking for autonomous driving it will include looking at um, smart building and smart homes it will include looking at the future of energy and even looking at esg and sustainability so one key things which is also important to highlight is when we look at, an, at success we have to recognize that there is a lot of bloodlines among the sectors we are serving. And so therefore it's not just straightforward insurance tech in my case, and in your case, uh, prop tech or real tech or realistic tech, right?
1: Absolutely, and that's why uh, when we talk to corporate uh, when they are looking into insurance tech and they want to be exposed to um, other tech, uh, it's good that uh, an external model can help you to access those industries where you have or you have not an uh, expertise. So today, uh, with the insurance business, um, I have three I. You know, uh, insure tech, um, invest tech, and impact tech, which basically cover you know the key theme that the, you know the max, my next key themes uh, for for search and investments.
0: So you mentioned impact tech, for instance, which gets us into you know sustainability. Potentially. So when you look at the world of sustainability, how do you look at it today? Um,
1: So, uh, you know, I I looked at, uh, you know, EAG and and so forth, but very quickly I came to uh, the conclusion that there was no, uh, uh, despite different different s different g there's no uh, one common denominator for uh, impact measurement so uh, in, in impact tech i, I focus more on, uh, on on marketplaces decentralized finance as you know but also i, I focus a lot of work on uh, where to invest to have the best uh, impact tools or impact platform to do measurement uh, when you're doing product equity how to measure how you when you do doing real estate and so on how to measure so uh, impact scoring measurement, index, fund, and so on, it's quite um, a, a topic of, of interest. So that's more or less my next uh, investment thesis, how to invest in tools or platform that can uh, measure uh, the impact of a company, uh, public or private. And you know, um, there's a company called Clarity Outside uh, AI that I looked at uh, a few years back. A few months back, and they got a big investment from uh, from BlackRock. So, so that's uh, that shows that I'm not the only one looking at that.
0: Yeah, certainly. So, my next question is based on your thirty years of experience. Mean, you know, how do you identify sustainable growth ventures? So, what are the criteria you look for?
1: um so, so when i look at the, the growth venture like like in evc i will look at um the the the, the framework for Manson, which is uh you know whether the market is big and deep and growing uh, whether the product fits uh the market uh, from mvp to you know a full uh, you know beta version uh what's the what's the business model the business plan you know the, are the unit economics and uh, what are the team so that's very much the four dimension that a VC will look at it. Um, because I do uh, VC as a service for corporates or CVC as a service, I look also at the fifth element called um, the leverage with the corporate, which uh, could be interesting uh, to accelerate the startup or the valuation of startups. Um, in the insurance business, for example, um, there are three levels of uh, corporate leverage. The first is you know, no-brainer is that, like, uh, the insurance uh, is the customer of the startup right so corporate client the second one is the partnership for distribution the, the insurance um, partner with the startup to distribute the technology going forward in the services and newer insurance and the third one is the, the startup um, wants to introduce a new uh, insurance product, and they need uh, reinsurance capacity, and therefore this is uh, the, a very particular thing that I do, so that I can work on that particular point as well. When uh, when startup use the business model of uh, a broker or uh, and become an MGA, so that's something that we've seen more and more, um, the, the 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 birth of uh, MGAs from the startup world.
0: Fascinating. So. What are your last words of wisdom, men, for our listeners?
1: Um, I think um, from, from recent conversation, I think uh, I keep in one sentence. Um, it's not because it's hard that you, you don't do it. It's because you don't do that it become hard. And th- therefore, uh, for corporate to find it hard to do uh, CVC, uh, it becomes harder if they don't actually. Uh, they are stuck in the, the, the internal model. And today, there's, uh, you know, you can do uh, on the, sh- uh, you know, on the shelf, uh, CVC as a service, because you can actually uh, start within a few weeks. Uh, use CVC, uh, you know, with no uh, internal constraint.
0: Thank you, Min. Thank you for your.
1: Thank you, Sabine.
0: Words of wisdom. Until next time. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.